I love this Lessons and Carol service for several reasons. For one, I love to see so many members of the congregation get up and participate. You get to hear from nine different readers. You get to hear our, our kids sing, which is awesome. And it's just a different type of service. And at a time when we're all crescendoing in our culture towards Christmas Eve, it's just very countercultural. Even for us, it's countercultural. This is the only Sunday of the, we, the year we, James and I show up in our, in our cassocks and, and our, our tippets and we, we, we do things differently. And I think it's a great opportunity just to remind ourselves to pause and wait upon the Lord. Because after all, that's what Advent is about. It's preparing ourselves. And we need to be stirred a little bit and jarred a little bit sometimes to, for God to get our attention. I, I want to just remind you really quickly a couple of things. First of all, just understand that as, as the angel Gabriel comes to Mary, God is fulfilling the prophecies that he has been announcing for hundreds of years. And we heard just a small sample of the scriptures that point to the fact that God's salvation is going to come through a person. It's going to come through a baby, a child that will be born. It's going to be a fulfillment of all of his promises for the world. And I want to remind you that one of the things that the Old Testament teaches us is that God's faithfulness in the past is evidence that he will be faithful in the present and most importantly in the future. Amen? God fulfills the promises he makes to Israel through all those, through Micah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Isaiah and and even all the way back to Genesis where, where we're told that from the, from the seed of the woman will come the Savior, will come the one who will crush Satan's head. And, and that is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So Mary is the recipient of the promises of God fulfilled. Another reason I love Lessons and Carols is that it's messy. And I always kind of come into this day with fear and trembling. It's like, you know, who's not going to show up? Are the kids going to be understandable? Are they going to sing out, which they did a really great job with? Are people going to get tired of standing up and sitting down? And all the things that go on, it's like, ah, let's just do our normal thing and be safe. And yet, it's messiness. But it reminds me that, that understand what, what it says there, that, that God sent a message to Mary through the angel Gabriel. Just catch that in your mind right now, that, that the God of the universe chose to deliver a message to an obscure young peasant girl in a nowhere town. Nazareth doesn't even appear in the Old Testament. It's so unimportant. The first century scholars only talk about it because it's associated with where Jesus is from. And yet God has chosen to work through this peasant girl to deliver the message of the fulfillment of the prophecies and to allow her to be, as the Greeks say, the Theotokos, the God-bearer to the world. If you want to blow your mind, just contemplate for a little bit that God, God of the universe has chosen to cooperate with human beings to bring about his salvation. Man, that's... That just blows my mind that God would use this peasant girl, Mary, this obscure girl. Why didn't he pick Herod's daughter? You know, like, like he chose 
uh, Pharaoh's daughter to be Moses' stepmother. Why, why does God choose? He, he takes the very humble, Mary says, as she magnifies the Lord, as, as Bella sang to us a minute ago, and, and God exalts the humble. God calls us to come before him humble, but he exalts us in our humility. And he chooses to work through us, just like he chose to work through the Virgin Mary. Third, I just want to remind you that Mary becomes for us the, the exemplar disciple. She, notice that she doesn't just say, whatever, Lord. She asks questions, and it's okay as a disciple to ask questions. Um, come again, what does it mean that I'm favored? You know, you ever, hey, you've won. You're, you're the grand whip prize winner. Okay, slow down. What, what did I win? What's the, what's the prize here? She asks questions. She enters into conversations. She says, how can this be? If you're a disciple of Jesus, you get to ask the Lord questions and to ask him to share more information, to give you something to work on. Don't miss the fact that once Mary finds out that her cousin, her older cousin, beyond childbearing years, Elizabeth, is pregnant, Mary goes directly to check it out. She wants to understand how this can be, that God will bring his Savior, his Messiah, the heir to the throne of David, the Savior of the world, through her, a peasant girl. But ultimately, Mary says, I'm the Lord's servant. Why are we called servants of Christ? Because chiefly, I believe that disciples are called to serve the Lord, to see their identity and their purpose in serving God in the world in whatever capacity he's placed you. And whatever your station in life, to serve the Lord, let it be to me as you have said, according to your word. Mary places her trust ultimately in the God who makes himself known to her. So this morning, in what are you placing your hope? This morning, have you reminded yourself that God has chosen to cooperate and work with you, you human beings, to accomplish his purpose? And are you, like Mary, willing to enter into dialogue with the Lord, bring your questions to him, but ultimately submit to the plan he has for your life. That is the work of Advent. Messy as it is, impatient as we grow, questioning as we are, to trust the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.